Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Christoph Defoe. I'm Liz Wilson. If you listened to our last episode, then you heard us use the term radical empathy. The radical empathy concept is something that Liz and I have been kicking around a lot, and we are considering it as something of a guiding principle for the next phase of this podcast. And by the way, if you haven't listened to our last episode, what the hell is wrong with you? Go listen to it immediately, like right now, go listen to it. Anyway, what does radical empathy mean though? Does it mean that we should love our shitty neighbor no matter what? Or that we should give bigots and misogynists a pass? I hope you know us well enough at this point to realize that the answer to those questions is a resounding fuck no. So what does radical empathy mean then? We're going to talk about that, so stick around and find out. But first, I want to remind you that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays at noon Eastern on all the major podcast channels. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cannibal & Co., located in downtown Jersey City and at shopcannibal.com. Cannibal, that's Cannibal with a K stocks a rotating collection of goods ranging from apparel and accessories to home furnishings and fine jewelry. Cannibal weaves its forward-thinking vision together with its traditional roots to provide an expertly curated experience of unique and locally sourced finds. We are grateful to Cannibal for sponsoring our show. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, uh, Liz, how the hell are you? Like, with life and shit. (laughs) Surprisingly not that bad, to be honest. It's, (laughs) I mean, it feels strange to be on here speaking with you and (laughs) to not be on the heels of some atrocity. Um, (laughs) I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's not funny. It's, well, you gotta laugh. Um, (laughs) I just think, I think it's sort of like what I was saying the last time we spoke, um, that I... I almost feel like I'm finding a way to live in this space. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling less indignant mm. and more kind of like that's this is what this is what's happening. This is just the reality and mm. where can we go from here? Which is kind of why I think our new direction and our endeavor here is so exciting to me because this is what we can focus on now we can talk about yeah we can talk about what's going on and and make sure everybody's up to date and we all know the haps but like how do we how do we live in this right Mm -hmm. how do we take care of ourselves and then how do we how do we fight for the world that we want right so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean back at you how are you doing yeah um i that's exactly right. It's like, and we talked about this last time we spoke, like you said, is, right, we are, there isn't, we, we, we haven't dealt with a catastrophic crisis um, of, of uh, like, earth-shattering um, crisis recently. And so the At world, least not a new one, right? Not it's a been new like one. Addendums to the previous ones. 
<laughs> right, right. The cascading, the cascading results of the sure. last ones. And right, I mean, every time, right? You and I are both on on social media, and particularly Instagram. And by the way, everybody out there, please come find us on Instagram. Like, we definitely want to talk to you. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's our we're developing a community there, and and uh, we want to talk to you. Um, but you know, we see you see the reels, and right, Instagram and social media is definitely like a outrage machine. So it's really easy to like if you want to get like get those like shitty feelings rekindled, you could definitely go out there, and there will be somebody telling you how horrible things are. But um, but it, but it's but it's been a kind of an opportunity to like like you said, like catch to catch my breath a little bit, and 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 like you say, begin to consider how to exist in this sort of this brutal new world. And, and yeah, the podcast, I think is going to reflect that I hope. Um, and look, I mean, I guess the news is out there now, Sean and Joe are gone, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's, they brought a certain energy, um, a certain, and by the way, a certain depth of experience and knowledge, um, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, but, uh, but with this new phase, I think the vibe of the podcast is changing. And I think that there's going to be for us, there is, I think a learning curve for me, it's about like, right. Learning production. I mean, Sean used to do all that. And so, um, I'm learning that as we go along and I'm, I'm definitely here for it. Um, but, but I'm really excited about, right. This new focus, um, of, of what can we do? Right. Um, right. And, you know, it's really interesting as, as I'm thinking about this. So I was talking to a friend of mine this this week and he is, uh, you know, he is like uh, far up in a in a big company, like doing capitalism. Right. And also an <laughs> ultra progressive, thoughtful guy. I've known him for a very long time is a dear friend. Um, and he's also not white. And and so he is like, look, every day. Uh, he's constantly trying to recruit me, by the way. But like, but he's like every he's like, he's he's like every day. Every time I talk to him, he's like, "Come on, man, come on, come on." And I'm like, and uh, and I'm like, I I like my job just fine. But um, uh, but the, my point is that like he says, and I really appreciate this about him. He's like, I find my role here is yes to like make my way up through this corporation, but to hire people of color and change the culture mm. of this company. Right. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. Right. We're like we we are we're out here talking about how shitty the world is and like and and flailing about it on social media. This guy is actually doing something something practical to change the culture at his company and in his industry. He is actively constantly recruiting people of color Mm -hmm. and women to put them in positions where they can thrive right under people that he trusts. That can, right. they can thrive. And like, because I, I know from my own experience, going and working at a law firm, if you do not have somebody who is your advocate, you fucking lose. You right. fucking lose. That and is we, a doggy dog world. And we know, right? White men, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have this sort of built in, to have this sort of built in women in these environments, right? People of color in these environments. It's a, it's a real struggle. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I love that. I love that so much. I I mean, it makes me think about what we talk about, about this sort of like absolute moral absolutism and how it's not actually, I mean, it's good to have as a compass, but when Mm -hmm. you're talking about making real change and actually making people's lives better, these are the things that are actually helpful. And you can sit and rage on the internet all day long and 
I mean, I guess there's a place for that. And there's, there's an a place awareness for that. level, sure, but but at the end of the day, then what what is you what are you left with? You are in an, a mental state that is not conducive for a good life, and you've <laughs> not changed a damn thing, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I love the idea of like getting out there, accepting this is the world that we live in. Like he's working within these certain parameters, but Mm -hmm. he's doing what he can in that to change it at the foundation. Absolutely. And that's what we all need to be doing wherever we are. Wherever we are. Right. Liz, that's exactly what I, that's, that's why I was so, when he told, I talked to him this week for a long time on the phone, um, and and I and he told and I, you know, I'd seen him doing this kind of stuff, but I had never actually talked to him. He hadn't like told me directly like, oh, no, this is not sort of some abstract thing. Like this is literally mm. my active plan. Right. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, just like you're saying, Liz, it's like we have to we're not going to like, look, I am not AOC. You know, I am not Barack Obama, and thankfully, I'm not Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anyone else um, that is uh, that is either dangerous and or ineffective. But I am, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just an average guy. And what can I do? Right. I can affect the people that are around me in my network. And I think that the challenge that we progressives, especially in this environment where we cannot change the Supreme Court, we can't like ranting about that online. Again, there is a place for that. There's a place there's mm-hmm. definitely a reason and a good place to do that and i'm not anti that but it's not enough it's not right. enough we have to look within our lives within ourselves i think and figure right. out what little thing how do we contribute like i say like my little scoop of the bucket right in like mm-hmm. this like into the ocean of trying to change the world and that and mm-hmm. and, and that's it and i think that's practical um for the, sure you know i think uh, i i wondered what you thought about this too um so uh, my friend, uh, Coral Annika Thiel, now I don't know if you're familiar with her. So she was one of mm-hmm. our, you know who she is. She was uh, yeah. an, one of our early guests. Um, uh, Sean and I did an interview with her that was one of the more moving experiences of that I can remember of for myself. Um, it, was, it was an incredibly powerful experience to speak to this woman. Uh, she and I have since become very, very close friends. We talk, uh, we talk on the phone. Um, we said like, and, and, uh, and just, she is an inspiration to me. Uh, the, mm-hmm. w- she has been on the ass end of patriarchy in a way that, that would, that just, it makes anything that you or I uh, have gone through in our lives just just pale, pale in yeah. comparison to anything that we've ever experienced. Any kind of bigotry, any kind of offensiveness we've ever experienced pales in comparison to what this woman has been through. And, yeah. um, you know, and and. She has been chewed up and spit out by patriarchy. And now she is in this position where she's very she's she's living in 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 conditions that are just like just so awful like i mean i don't really even know what where i'm going with this other than to say that i spoke to her yesterday and um she is starting a gofundme because she's moving across the country um because you know she she lives very very simply um you know uh she's uh, you know f- 
fully fully disabled right like and and so she lives very simply she sells candles and uh and it's hard for her and she goes to outdoor places outdoor markets to do this and like the weather on the east coast is just getting to the point where she's an old she's mm-hmm. older right um and mm-hmm. she's like it's becoming physically difficult for her to be out in this heat right now right it's like 95 degrees out there just standing yeah. out in a parking lot someplace right or on the other yeah. hand in the winter time so mm-hmm. i mean i just wonder you know if you know anything, if how, I guess I just, I don't really have a real question around that other than just say that, like, I hope that we can support her in any way that we can. Um, and, and, and just because like we talk about patriarchy, we talk about theocracy on this show all the time. And, um, this woman is like the poster child of what happens when these things go rampant, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And I, it, and I have to say, you mentioned a GoFundMe and I have such a love hate relationship with GoFundMe because mm-hmm. I, I love the generosity and the that you see like the the goodness of the human spirit come out in that realm, but I despise the fact that it's necessary. Right? Like so many of these GoFundMe are GoFundMe's are for things like healthcare or like living costs that you shouldn't have to crowdsource money for that kind of thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, what this is supposed to be like the I'm air quoting this greatest country in the world. And this is what people have to resort to just to survive. Yeah. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I wish her all the best. Yeah. It, it, such a great point, Liz. And I'm so glad you brought that up is right. Uh, the fact that GoFundMe's uh, exist. And we're not talking GoFundMe's because I need I would like you to consider funding my baseball team, my kids no. baseball team. No, 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 no. We're talking no. about life and death stuff. Right. Like uh-huh. this, like, right. Uh, Coral will be will like she will fall through the cracks without right. this right she will fall through the cracks of our society without this and and by the uh-huh. way the, the amount of of joy and and that she brings to people's lives she helps women who are escaping their abusers mm. right she does so much volunteering like mm-hmm. and she works by the way like full time but still yeah. it's not enough and like yeah. you're saying this is this is this is a reflection of a broken broken system. In fact, you know what? It's not Mm -hmm. even broken. A system that's working exactly how it's planned to work. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. I mean, my my sister a few years ago had um, some real, she was pregnant, had really um, life-threatening complications. Mm. They had to deliver the baby at 24 weeks. Mm. And she's... Long story short, she's fine. Everything's good. But when this happened, you know, that's that's a very uh, medically needy child. My sister herself was having complications, needed to be hospitalized for a, a period of time. And um, a, a relative of ours set up a GoFundMe because when this happened and they had health insurance, they both worked full time. That's but even the most my, insane part, right? Right. And because my sister had to take significant amount of time off of work and my brother-in-law also had to for less time but still they lost money and on top of it you have these medical bills that the the insurance is covering you know not the entire thing and it was a lot um she was in the hospital for a year my niece wow um yeah so i just remember watching that unfold and thinking and these are people who quote unquote followed the rules right, right? they they have the jobs they pay for their health insurance they 
And yet still, they would have been bankrupt by this life event that they had no control over. So it is, it's, it is um, working as it is intended because it is not intended for my sister. <laughs> That's right. And, 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 and specifically not intended for women's uh, flourishing. Right. I mean, it's like specifically not intended for women's flourishing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. what if she what if she um, if she had a complication earlier in her pregnancy, decided that she was going to have an abortion. Right. Mm -hmm. But then now she is. um, And let's say or you know what, let's put it this way. Let's give her the scenario. She is she she does. She's not well off or she doesn't have a job. Right. She's Mm -hmm. she's a single mom alone making twenty five thousand dollars a year or whatever. Right. And she decides, you know what? I, it'd be better for me if I were to have an abortion, but now, Mm -hmm. but she lives in Florida or she lives in Texas. So now she's going to be forced to have that child. Right. right? And then forced to take on the medical debt, (sighs) forced to live. Right. And that is, um, this is, that is how the real life outcomes Mm -hmm. for, for millions of women that going forward, right. This is the lives that conservatives are forcing women Mm -hmm. to live. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Taking away the mm-hmm. choice. She had like she right. had a choice. She had a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and it just goes back to your point about this is the, the way the system was designed. If you look at the um, <laughs> the lack of research and support and resources that have gone towards specifically women's health care mm-hmm. or the health care of anyone who can have a baby, mm-hmm. it is not considered important. Um, and if it was a priority in our culture, then that sort of thing wouldn't happen. First of all, Roe wouldn't have been overturned. But beyond that, even all of my sister and my niece's medical costs would have been covered, you know, because that's what you do when something is a priority in your culture. And it's just not a priority here. That's right. Period. That's right. I mean, like you saw recently, right, that they um, talk about priorities. They the the House of Representatives passes this huge military spending bill, right? Huge military spending bill. They always have plenty of money. Talk about priorities, right? Like there's plenty Uh of money for that. There's plenty of money for that. And for the and for the contractors at Boeing and at McDonnell Douglas who are just killing it. I mean, killing it as they write these. Right. And not only that, but in that same bill, they refuse the they refuse to vote for the for the amendment that that was invested that 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 was investigating white supremacy and nazis Mm -hmm. in the military i mean you want to talk about priorities liz priorities (laughs) (laughs) right don't you feel like it's increasingly that they're saying the quiet part out loud though in like so many different areas it's just like they're not even pretending anymore They There's really no are. They, they really are. There really isn't. You know, uh, do you know Kamau? Kamau I think it's Kamau Bell, black dude. Yes, I yeah, love him. Very mm-hmm. funny guy. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. should go check him out. He is brilliant. He goes out and he's ta- you know, and he's talking to a couple conservative white women, and he asks mm-hmm. them um, about uh, about uh, right. He, he just asked a straight up question. He's like, "So, mm-hmm. um, we, do you think that we should teach?" Uh, high school students that Nazis are bad. And these women are like, well, I don't know. Uh, oh you my know, God. and, and, and we're like, 
I, that, I I don't usually drop my jaw when I when I listen to conservatives talk at this point. Like you're saying, they say the, the quiet power out loud all the time. It's almost become commonplace. But mm-hmm. to see just average conservative women on the street say like, oh, we don't know about Nazis. What are you? T- what? <laughs> we can't they even. Have, <laughs> They've been given a bad rap. Let's just hear what they have to say, guys. Right, right. How bad could it be? Right. (laughs) I mean, uh, we want to make sure that we are neutral in our telling of history. So let's not let's not say Nazis are bad. Well, listen, their president literally said, hey, 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 guys, there's good people on both sides. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But it's like, again, the quiet part out loud. I mean, 20 years ago, you couldn't go to a conservative even mm-hmm. the, the, the literally the CPAC, right, where it's like the conservative lunatics hang out. Even there, you couldn't walk around and, and, and expect somebody to say, yeah, Nazis, uh, I'm on mm-hmm. the fence about Nazis. But mm-hmm. things have changed. Yeah. Things have changed. Although increasingly, I just feel like that's because now, back then, they felt that there would be consequences, whereas right. now they don't believe that to be true. And so real thoughts are coming out. Real thoughts are coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. just disheartening to say the least yeah and uh, yeah they really are though saying the quiet part out loud and uh, and there really aren't consequences and that's really what it is right uh, accountability account there's no political accountability for them anymore so no, they, they just no. do and say what they want um, for sure well um, well I guess let's sort of get into um, if if you're down for this, get into the uh, radical mm-hmm. empathy question Let's now. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, I want to just start by uh, reading a short excerpt from The Greater Good magazine, which is a publication out of the University of California at Berkeley. So it, these are not uh, just some schmuck someplace. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, quote, the term empathy is used to describe a wide range of experiences. Emotion researchers generally define empathy as the ability to sense other people's emotions, coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. Contemporary researchers often differentiate between two types of empathy. Effective empathy refers to the sensations and feelings we get in response to others' emotions. This can include mirroring what that person is feeling or just feeling stressed when we detect another's fear or anxiety. Cognitive empathy, sometimes called perspective taking, refers to our ability to identify and understand other people's emotions. Studies suggest that people with autism spectrum disorders have a hard time with this sort of empathizing. Empathy seems to have deep roots in our brains and bodies and in our evolutionary history. We love evolutionary history here on this podcast. Um, Elementary forms of empathy have been observed in our primate relatives, in dogs, and even in rats. Research has also uncovered evidence of a genetic basis to empathy, though studies suggest that people can enhance or restrict their natural empathetic abilities. <laughs> they sure can restrict those motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> importantly, having empathy doesn't necessarily mean we'll want to help somebody in need, though it's often a vital first step toward compassionate action, end quote. So uh, I guess one of the takeaways there is that being a human being means that we are empathetic creatures. But what about radical empathy? Uh, Mm -hmm. How do you think about that 
phrase concept, Liz. You want to give us a kickoff? Sure. One of the first things that I think about whenever the idea of empathy comes up is um, the difference between empathy and compassion. And I don't have any kind of academic definition. I have what I have come to on my own, which may or not may not be correct, but I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts about it. So sure. a couple of years ago um, for my 40th birthday, my I have a lot of brothers and sisters. I'm the oldest of six. And they threw me a surprise weekend getaway with just the siblings, which was awesome. I mean, they live all over. So to have us all together was just it was so good. Anyway, we had awesome. um, some drunken conversations, and <laughs> one of them was about this idea of empathy versus compassion, and um, and sort of the conclusion that we came to was that empathy is important, but it is it is not. Um, it's important to not stop there. Because one of the problems with the idea of of focusing on empathy as this um, sort of like end goal and thing that we should always be striving to achieve is, at least in, in our discussion for ourselves, we defined empathy as feeling what another person is feeling or trying to feel what another person is feeling, understanding what they're feeling. Um, but then if you just end up getting stuck in that feeling yourself, that doesn't actually help anybody, right? So compassion, we were talking about it in terms of maybe compassion is more like understanding the empathetic aspect of it, but then moving forward so that, you know, this, this idea of detachment, mm. which is a very like Zen kind mm -hmm. of, um, it's uh, something that I learned about when I studied to be a yoga teacher and it's something that I'm learning about now, um, as a codependent, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but just the idea that you, you're not enmeshed in that other person's emotional experience and you're, you have that degree of separation. Um, so if we strive for the compassion, then that means we can care about them. We can want to help them, but we're not sitting there then just mired in our own depression because we're getting stuck in mirroring their emotions, right? Mm. Anyway, I'm just I'm curious to know what you, what your thoughts are about compassion versus empathy. I can speak for myself, and I think, but I do think that uh, that you and I have this in common, and that is, right? We I think we are both empathetic people. I know I'm an empathetic person, right? I'm able yeah. to. Uh, I, I do feel that I feel uh, my feelings very deeply. And I'm able to put myself in other people's shoes. But and and I think that can be it's really easy to get mired then and bogged down in that. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think my initial reaction as I think about that is if if my goal is to be effective as as a part as a partner, as a friend, as an advocate, um, as a, um, and as an ally. Right, as an ally to women, as an ally to to uh, to L the LGBTQ community, then it's so critical that I am functional. If I am getting so mired in what other people are experiencing, um, then I don't think that I can really do that. One thing I want to come back to that you mentioned is this idea of detachment. Uh, as you know. 
I am more or less obsessed with this concept. Um, and, and precisely because, precisely because I am so easily mired in my emotions, right? Uh -huh. um, yeah. They have most of my life dominated my yes. dominated me, dominated me. Like mm -hmm. I was just, you said it on our last episode, everybody go watch that, go listen to that episode <laughs> right now. But you mentioned it is that being just blown around by my emotions as if like they are just not, I, I'm not, I'm out of, You're I'm, not in charge. I'm not in charge. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that is really important to me in terms of thinking about, um, thinking about these emotions is that like, you know, uh, if I'm not in, if I'm not in charge, then I am, I mean, I'm just useless. I'm useless to myself. I'm you. So like, I think that as we talk about empathy, as we talk about even compassion, that we have to be prepared to, de to detach ourselves. And, you know, there's, yeah. there's like, there's a part of being a human being that's that, that we're able to do that, right? We can look at suffering. We all know, you and I both know right now that there are people in, uh, Sri Lanka, there are people in in Africa, in in the Sudan who are absolutely suffering right now. But right. they mm -hmm. are, but we are able to detach ourselves from that, right? Like we are right. able to, we don't feel their feelings, right? right. Um, so it's not like we're not capable of that as human beings, but it becomes much more difficult when you're interacting with people much, when you're meeting, act, interacting with people directly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different thing. Well, it's interesting because I think um, a couple of things. One is that our systems, our nervous systems, were not designed to to process the amount of pain that we are that we now know about mm. because of the internet and you know just the way communication is now. Such a good point. Um, back in you know when when we originated as a species, we, we was very small, relatively small groups, right? Yeah. So you could afford to be a little bit more enmeshed in people's mm. emotions because it wasn't it it wasn't like it's literally it, it is literally impossible to process the amount of pain that's in this world mm. um everywhere you go and so i think that's important to remember if, if there's any if if someone has a resistance to the idea of detachment as if it means you don't care it really is a matter of survival yes right and you have to be able to recognize the feeling and care but then be able to sort of like separate a little bit. Otherwise you're, and I think the other thing that I thought of when you were speaking is the reason you and I are doing this podcast is because we are people who care about these things. That's right. Right. And the reason that we want to um, be active in changing things is because we have that empathetic response and um, it, it fucks us up. Mm -hmm. So we want to do something about it, right? And not everybody has the same natural level of empathy. I'm not trying to say we're better than anybody. Right, I just think, right. you know, different people are different. And um, so I think it's important and we have to hold on to it because it's what gives us our fuel. Mm. But we also need to not let it make us blow up. Right. right. Like we, we have to be in charge of the fuel. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because I know for me, what happens is if I don't manage my fuel, I get to an inevitable breaking point where I literally will just disengage from everything because I can't process anything else. And that will happen for a period of time. And then I'll eventually tip, dip my toe back in the water. But that's not going to make an, a successful activist. Right. Because activism is about 
consistency and slow and moderate changes, right? That's right. That's right. So you got to like have like a drip line of fuel instead of just like a gushing geyser. Mm -hmm. That's so (laughs) important. So such thoughtful, thoughtful comments, Liz. Thank you so much for those. And I, I agree. And being uh, learning to regulate our emotions makes I think it makes me uh, and different there's different strategies right as like you know my my major strategy is meditation I think and you talked mm-hmm. about Zen and I think uh, and and therapy right so I, mm-hmm. I I have my I call it my 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 tripartite uh, uh, philosophy on on surviving life and that is meditation medication therapy mm-hmm. that's like the mm-hmm. three parts like that the, that's like the, that's my system, right? Um, yeah. And um, and oh, and by the way, like medic, medication can be a wide range of things, ranging from pharmaceutical <laughs> medications all the way up and down the scale, right? Those, those, those all those things. That might have been my first thought. <laughs> those, those, all those things work uh, and are part of part. They're all tools in the toolbox, Liz. They're all tools exactly. in the toolbox. Um, I'm definitely not letting letting anything go, but. Um, yeah, I think that's so important. And if we're going to be effective uh, people for the for the people in our lives, right? Because it's not just about us and about the world out there. It's about the people that we love and we care about. Like, right. what kind of person are we being for them? Yes, right. Exactly. That is so mm-hmm. fucking critical. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. That's where yep. it begins and it ends. What kind of partner am I being? That's where it a fucking begins percent. and ends. What kind of mom am I being? Well, not you right. know, in your case, but like you know, like <laughs> what kind of what kind of son am I being? What kind of brother am I being? Yeah. Like these things have it has to start there. It has to start yeah. there and yeah. build out right. And and yeah. and being able to be uh, to be present and and there like that like be, being it's important that I'm not so consumed by myself and my own emotions if I'm gonna be present for that let alone present for the yeah. overwhelmingly painful shit that is out there on my fucking social media right. feed every day and your point about us you know our human beings like aren't this entire world that we're living in right now was not a, a, an environment in which our system was designed was built right like our we, we were not built for this we were not no. built for this we were no. built for 150 people on an african savanna that's what we were born yeah. that that's what we were yeah. built for and i would argue that you and i are examples of people who as empathetic people have more sensitive um uh what's oh my god nervous systems mm-hmm, than mm-hmm your your average bear Definitely. right so it's even going to be more overwhelming and harder to process absolutely that. absolutely it's so critical that we get skilled at that and not put it on the side as if like like you said like oh i just need to just keep going and 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 no mm-hmm. matter what just keep my nose in this stuff like sometimes you got to pull your nose out of it for the self-care element because otherwise yeah. we will burn out mm-hmm. so i mean i think getting back to uh where we kind of started this little section here you talked about what radical empathy or what empathy and is not right and i for me the way i think about this i think that people and we talked about this people confuse empathy with compassion or mm-hmm. tolerance or love and from my perspective and and maybe I'm making a distinction here between empathy in general and this idea of radical empathy that's been banging around my head is I think that radical empathy in the context of social justice in the context of the fight that we're in is really the ability really just to connect 
with and thoroughly understand what people are feeling. So, um, and my thoughts about this are almost purely strategic. Like this isn't about necessarily being the better person. This is about beating neo-fascism. And this is important. Like I think the purpose of feel, like we've talked about this too, the purpose of feelings in human beings in our evolution is to, is to motivate real world action, right? Like if I, right, like my system shoots dopamine into my head or or whatever feeling it and it causes me to have a feeling which causes right. me to act like that's why we right. have feelings right so right. um as a, on, as an evolutionary matter so if we want to understand why people do what they do like why they believe what they believe then we have to understand what they're feeling and why they're feeling it so i think uh-huh. like radical empathy definitely makes us better allies for all the reasons we're talking about now although we have to clearly be careful about how we how we how we work with that but i mm-hmm. think i think less obviously radical empathy and this is what i'm suggesting makes us better able to fight back against theocrats and about and against you know white supremacists and and the patriarchy i think if we don't uh radically understand who we are fighting against i we will yeah. tend to dehumanize them and and more importantly caricature them and that's uh-huh. not just a good way to lose our humanity um, which is definitely true, and we cannot go down that road. But it's also a great way to f- lose the fight for social justice. And I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of the reasons why we progressives are constantly losing is because we're misunderstanding who we're fighting against, right? Like, we can't win this fight if we misunderstand who we're fighting against. No general in a military right. can can win if they are fighting against what they think the enemy is as opposed to <laughs> what the enemy is, right? So mm-hmm. if we're fighting if, if we're fighting a caricature, we aren't fighting our real enemy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And and this happened in the Vietnam War. Famously, I'm I'm a Vietnam War buff. And this happened famously in the Vietnam War where the United States went to Vietnam and pretended they were fighting something that they weren't actually fighting. And then they lost. Mm. That's like precisely mm-hmm. why the United States lost because they were fighting a conventional war and thinking they could do mm-hmm. conventional stuff against an enemy that was not who they thought they were fighting. And yeah. there was a lot of confirmation bias up all the way up to the president's desk of, of, of what we were fighting against. So look, yeah. people do shitty things. Right-wingers do and believe <laughs> appalling mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. they really are just people, you know? Exactly. They really are just people. And once we start, once we forget that, once we caricature them, we, we're, we, lost. we're lost. We're lost, you yeah. know? Well, the other thing is that... It, if you're fighting a caricature, okay, so I, in my opinion, yes. one of the, the shifts that is happening in, in, our, in our universal psyche, mm-hmm. in our progression as humans, is we are evolving, hopefully. And <laughs> <laughs> evolve, even the idea of war as, a, as a, a situation where one person shoots another person and that person shoots back is really um, primitive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you dehumanize your quote-unquote enemy mm-hmm. just by calling them your enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so then it becomes a battle in which, first of all, you're limited in your understanding of what's happening. Which means you are you are missing opportunities 
to move forward, right? Because what do you want? Do you want to win or do you want to make the world better? Right. Because right. if you want to win, then continue on. You'll lose, whatever. But if you want to make the world better, then you need to be able to meet people in some aspects. Right. And if you can always remember that people are human beings and human beings are complicated, that if you can find a place that your your humanity can meet, you know, mm -hmm. then then maybe that's an aspect that's 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 a, a method of creating change that in our limited imaginations we have not fully explored. Right. 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 And for lack of a I don't want to care um I don't want to stereotype too much, but I think it's a very masculine way. Oh, I was literally writing that down. Of existing. <laughs> <laughs> that was like exactly what I thought. <laughs> the whole so I started thinking about this years ago when I became a parent because so much in the in terms of what um uh in learning about parenting parenting methods have shifted so much since we were children and then since our parents were children. Um, and the idea of being a punitive parent and, mm -hmm. and having a, um, an obedient child, right. Which is, I think was the ideal when we were children, mm -hmm. it's now completely shifted. It's like so many things that we thought of as normal are actually like maybe kind of harmful. Um, <laughs> And so this idea of like uh, never letting your child question you, not apologizing to your children, you know, um, and my takeaway from that in general is just sort of like a softer way of approaching things. It's not immediately assuming that it's not assuming that your child is trying to manipulate you. It's not assuming that a negative of the other person that you are interacting with. Right. right. You're assuming a humanity is there, right? <laughs> right? Like right. you want to reach the human. You don't want to control or suppress the human. You want to connect with the human. Right. And right. I think one of the reasons that um, conservatives and liberals are so stuck is because we have been doing that to each other. Because listen, every time we dehumanize someone on the right, they are dehumanizing us too. Like it's not a one-way street, right? And and it's it's just amplifying the separation, which then amplifies the dehumanization. Dehumanization. Yeah. And it's this vicious cycle that's just pushing us further and further from any. And look, I am not saying, and I will never say, that um, we should all be fine with. Um, you know, patriarchy or white supremacy or anything that comes of that. I'm saying we need to change our system, but we need to do it without villainizing people, right? Yeah, like, I'm that, with you. Yeah, and, and so I think there needs to be a distinction between the human being and the action or the belief. Yeah, yeah. And we don't forgive the action or the belief. No. We hold them accountable. Brene Brown, ooh, mm -hmm. if you wanna learn about shame, and the danger of dehumanization, look into Brene Brown. I'm going to link an article on here to wherever we're going to put it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always the first step to any kind of like, that is how right. genocide is justified, you know. And we are, I think, getting to the point in this country where we've dehumanized each other so much that people feel comfortable walking around saying exactly. racist ass shit or saying it on the podium mm -hmm. at CPAC. Like... 
we're not afraid of that. And a part of that is because we're not thinking of each other as being as, as full human right. beings. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really about, cause I think, you know, empathy is one thing and to me, radical empathy is just centering our humanity, remembering that we are all human beings. Um, and not using dehumanizing language because it's a slippery slope. I think it is point. absolutely a slippery slope. And I think, I think, and you made this distinction, the, is an important one. This is not about sanctioning bigots, right? This isn't about mm -hmm. sanctioning uh, no. shitty patriarchal men, right? Um, no, it's not absolutely a kumbaya. Not. Like, I'm not saying we all no, need to be best definitely friends. definitely not. No. But... Mm -mm. Even uh, so, and 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 I, at the more I think about this, the more I see it in sort of these two chunks, right? There's first the idea of like our own humanity, right? And just mm -hmm. like we cannot be like that, right? Like the this is rampant on the right wing, right? I mean, just rampant the dehumanization, right? Like I mean, we mm -hmm. every human being is capable right. of dehumanizing another human being for sure, but. The mm -hmm. right has made an ideology out of it, right? They, they've made literally an yes. ideology out of it, like r ranging from immigrants, yeah. right? They, they call immigrants illegals, right? Like that is, right, that is how you dehumanize. Yeah. But that's like the first step. You give them a name that, that, that a name like that, right? Um, um, and of mm -hmm. course, obviously the classic one, the classic racist names, right, of, of all the various classic slurs. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that element. And I think the other element here is just the dehumanizing element and 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 maintaining our own humanity and therefore our own North Star, I think. Right. And then there's yes. that element. Right. And then the second right. element is just a purely, purely, from my perspective, anyway, a purely practical element here, which is like if we want to move forward towards progress, then we have to understand the psychology, essentially of who we're dealing with, right? Yes. And once you caricature and dehumanize somebody, yeah. you have ceased to think about their yeah. about who well, they are. It's, it's a absolutely cop a cop-out. It's lazy is what it is. It's lazy. Yes, it's lazy. It is lazy 100%. because really at the end of the day, and, and Liz, I experienced this, so you know I'm a motorcycle traveler. If you any most people here know I'm a mm -hmm. adventure motorcycle traveler, that means I go into the sticks. That's what that means, right? Like once every mm -hmm. two or three months, I am in this less than that, really. Once every two months or so, I am in the fucking sticks. And once and, and <laughs> once a year, maybe I'm in the real sticks, like really out there. And so I meet a lot of people, Liz. I mean, and everybody wants to talk to the guy on the motorcycle, especially if it's big and it's dirty. And it's like, where the hell have you been? Right. And by the way, I'm black. <laughs> and people are just like, what is this? My point is, is that I talk to a lot of people and I'm here to tell you, even in rural Alaska, people are just people. They, they're people. just people like we a lot of us liberals don't get out of our bubble a lot. It's really easy mm -hmm. then to think of people out there in those rural areas with their pickup trucks and their guns. Um, and they're mm -hmm. they have politics that I think are despicable, but they really are just people. Mm -hmm. If we want to move forward, we have to understand that. So one of the things that I think about a lot and I think about during the uh, the, the very end of slavery, we're talking about the 13th Amendment. And Thaddeus Stevens was a radical, radical lefty. He was one of the radical Republicans that gave Lincoln his majority. And yeah. he made a deal with the devil because he knew it would mean that the 13th Amendment 
would be passed. And that was because he was prepared right. to talk to that person and make the like make the hard decision to set his mm -hmm. highfalutin standards aside and get the fucking mm -hmm. job done. And that is what right. we on the left have a huge problem with that. You say this all the time, right? We're absolutists on the left in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tricky, too, because if you look at the way it's the dynamic right now is that you have your, in my view, two, two um, potential political ideals. Mm -hmm. Either you want to win because you just want to win or you want to win because you want to make the world better. You want to improve people's lives. Of course, I'm biased. Who knows what a, what a conservative might say. But in my view, the Republicans right now have made it very clear that their priority is only to That's win. It. They don't actually care about sticking to a set of morals or because they're more everything is wavy. They just adapt it. Like I heard today on NPR, they're talking about um, some legislators um, in, in anti-abortion states where it's now, you know, completely banned or soon will be, that they want to try and pass legislation to restrict travel to other states. <laughs> yes, just like... like, let that sink in for a minute. The, the party that proclaims they are all about individual liberty wants to stop you from traveling out of state. So clearly to me, this is not about making the world any kind of way. This is about being in power. And, and on the flip side, I think there are certainly Democrats who are very interested in power. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, generally, your average person who's voting Democrat wants to improve the quality of people's lives. So then I think you do have a, um, a problem. <laughs> a fundamental problem, yeah. <laughs> because if you, if you're, and this is the Democrats' problem, the Democrats' problem, and it always has been that we we have these ideals that we want to, we want to stick to, um, and those don't involve being shady and shitty. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking sure, generally. Sure. There are shady and shitty definitely, Democrats, definitely. but. But I think it's what causes all the infighting because we're like, no, no, we should do this. We should do this. This is the purest way. This is the best way. And so for me, the last couple of years has been a real struggle to be like, OK, I feel like we should get comfortable with a certain level of playing dirty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because at this point, it's like this is the game we're in. And if we actually want to make the world better, like we might have to stoop a little bit. Anyway, that's a bit of a sidetrack. I am not at all. Um, I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and but I, yeah, but the more you dehumanize people, the more. And 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 I think like Republicans have dehuman. They've de fully dehumanized. That that's kind of their definitely. mo. Oh yeah, opinion. that's like what they do. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. yeah. It's how they yeah, get absolutely. power. Absolutely. I mean, it's how they get people to vote for them. And let's mention, too, it's how they increase the divide. And the more you increase the divide of your average citizen between left and right, the less the more people are in their own mm -hmm. echo chambers, because it's not just liberals who are oh, in echo no, chambers. It's not. <laughs> no. And there's a reason it's like speaking of remembering people's humanity. Human beings are complicated creatures who don't always make a whole lot of sense and they come with all kinds of baggage and how about we think about to us these beliefs some of these beliefs are are atrocious and preposterous mm -hmm. right but we've had a very specific set of life circumstances exactly. 
exactly. Why not consider what makes this person think yes, this? Yes, yes, right? like, yes. And the more we're thinking of them as not human, the less opportunity they're going to have to hear a different opinion. We just get more and more mired. That's exactly right. And and again, this isn't about. I can't stress this enough. This isn't about like it for me anyway. This is just purely practical. Like it's like, do you want to move the ball yeah. forward or do you not? Like, do you want to be right or right. do you want to move the ball forward? Do you want to win this little battle that we are in or do you want to move yes. or do you want to win the war? Do you want to move the ball forward? And that means. You know, politicians, this is why people hate politicians, right? Because we like to think that they're because politicians are have or have have even the best politicians. Uh, right. I always use Barack Obama because I think he's like he's if you want to talk about a decent guy. Right. Setting it's just a, a, right. Right, who got into politics. But you mm-hmm. have to I use as an example a lot. But like, you know. When you get there, part of being politics is is making is making uh, morally compromising decisions like all right. of the time, and you gotta, you gotta play, the play game. that game. And and it sucks. And we like to think of our like people like Bernie Sanders, the saint, right? Like he never compromises. Da, 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 da. And there is a place for that, but there's also a place for the person who knows how the sausage gets made. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and frankly, mm-hmm. we don't have either of those right now leading the Democratic no. Party. <laughs> we don't we really don't. Um, and it's a huge fucking no. problem. We could probably do a whole talk on that. But um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, I uh, we talked a lot about this idea. I mean, and, and we are thinking about how we kind of. Uh, rebrand rethink about this podcast and radical empathy is one of the concepts that i that we are thinking about as as we do that and i don't know i hope that um i hope that like people out there that are listening uh, you know sort of understand how we're thinking about this and you know maybe if you want to comment and let us know online um what how mm-hmm. you think about this idea do you look think we're just being complete fucking lunatics um uh you know that's fine that's fine tell us we're happy to hear it um mm-hmm. you know uh so I, mean, I don't know do you have we're kind of i think winding down but uh do you have anything else like thoughts on this or anything else liz mm-hmm. oh i have i have <laughs> thoughts but i also feel like i do think it's important um to 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 really hone in on on a uh, a guiding principle and i think that for us with radical empathy this idea of always striving to maintain our humanity and that's also by the way not just for the other person it's it's for us too right like it means taking care of yourself remembering valuing your own humanity you're not just a machine to do a thing Mm -hmm. right you have needs you need to take care of yourself um yeah, but we can get into maybe in on, on, in other shows things about like how we can deal with disagreements within our own, um, you know, people who are politically aligned with right. us. How we can deal with disagreements with people who are not politically aligned with us, that kind of thing. But I think within all of those conversations, the guiding principle is we are all humans. We're all humans. We're all trying our best, hopefully. <laughs> and this is no, but this is the thing. I, I I know people shit on this idea sometimes, but I really think people do their best, and their best might in that moment be exactly. awful. Exactly, I'm with you. But if you're if you're doing awful, it's because you don't have 
whatever you need in that moment to do better, mm. right? Like you're struggling with mm. something. Um, yeah. So people who are, are being harmful to other people, like it's not to say that's okay. It's not to give them a pass, but it is to say, let's look at their humanity and look at the origins of things and, and all that kind of I stuff. I love that. But take, I, yeah. But take care of the victim first. Take care first. of the victim Sorry. first. And I'm, I love that so much, Liz. And uh, right, um, uh, this is, uh, I think, a radical concept. Uh, but I, like, I don't really believe in the concept of free will. I don't think, I don't think that, I, I, I think that we are way more, I'll put it this way. Um, we are way more a product of the systems in which we live than we than we give ourselves than we think. We like we think that we're making we're doing a lot of things, but a lot of what we do is based on the system um, system we live in. And so, if I grew up in a conservative environment, and by the way, I did grow up in a conservative environment, and I was a different person having grown like that I am today, having grown up in that environment. So I'm just sort of piggybacking mm -hmm. on what you're saying there. Um, and I'm not saying everybody should accept my theory that, that, that there's no such as free will. What I am saying, though, is that people are who they are ba because of the circumstances in which they've lived, circumstances in which they were born. And and mm -hmm. and what and it's so critical that we are really clear about that humanity. I I 100 percent agree with you. And um very well said, as always, Liz. Love having you here. Love working with you. And uh, remember also that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays on all the major podcast channels. And please connect with us on social media because we love you and we really do want to talk to you. So until then, please care for each other. Share your experience, strength, and hope with each other and with the people you love. <laughs>